finally watch it where we watch movies that are generally quite popular but for some reason we have missed or one or both of us have i am lauren blair donovan and i'm clark Kinez. and today we're watching fargo which both of us have not seen am i remembering that correctly? yeah yeah wow that's not yeah it's weird you know what i was I, I realized it came out in 1996 though yeah it's not a childhood movie for us yeah <laughs> it's not like i think if it would have came out i, I mean obviously like i've watched a lot of the other coen brothers mm-hmm. movies mm-hmm. you know after that came out afterwards this was like their first one right or one of their big um, first ones yeah i think this is the one that got them like on the map yeah i think uh it won some academy i know francis mcdormand yeah uh definitely won an academy award for this for this one yeah mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty big but she got I heard there was some controversy because Ooh. she was considered best supporting act. This I might have to edit this uh, out, but I think she it it's almost like she was a lead in it, but they made it that she was the best supporting. supporting. Okay. So uh, so I thought I I think there was some like weird controversy about that, but I do think yeah I I do think that this was I remember this being really well regarded, and also yeah. I'm excited to watch the show. Because I do want to watch Fargo, the TV show. Right, because that's like a couple years yeah. in, right? Or that debuted a few I, years back. I think it's like three or four yeah. uh, seasons in now. That sounds um, right, yeah. Because I know, and it's, I know that it goes off, it, it doesn't follow this movie though. So right. I think I would have been safe in watching. But you'll probably still catch Easter eggs having seen the movie sure. or nods to the original. Because I think yeah. that's what they do you know right. so even if it's not the same it's not spoilers but just a different layer to appreciate maybe. exactly yeah so probably best that you're watching the movie first yeah i always try to do that <clears throat> i mean even right now like uh white noise is coming out and i read part of the book mm. and i recently just bought it because i lost it and mm. then so i'm like oh, i need to i don't know why i need to do that i I think it's because I already read half of it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's always good to have, like, some context before you actually watch something. And, Absolutely. Um, and watching things out of order, sometimes it, it is kind of a bummer. But I, o- I also do know that there are plenty of people who have watched our friend Jen. She is a mm-hmm. huge fan of Cobra Kai, and she had never seen um, Karate Kid, hmm. which is what it's based on. Mm. So sometimes I, 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 it can work yeah. out. I feel like I have an example like that too, but I can't think of it offhand. But I know I've gone either out of order or even sometimes with shows that are airing in real time, like Mad Men, for instance. I discovered same with How I Met Your Mother. Um, well, I guess it's a little different because I caught them from the beginning on like a streamer, but they were still airing in real life. So I, you know. Mm-hmm was bebopping around but there's others too where i've caught halfway through or i've seen like the end seasons for the first time and then i had to go back so i guess there's a million ways to consume media but there's 
truly if you're happy you're happy but there's probably better ways to do it than the chaotic ways yeah absolutely and uh but also at the same time yeah you just have to you just have to get it sometimes Mm -hmm. like i i feel like i'm too precious about things like that Mm. because like that's what that's the problem why i even have uh like issues with watching movies sometimes because i'm like i want to know that like i will be for the next two hours i'll be focused watching Mm. this and if i have any inkling that i'm not going to be it's so hard for me to even start a movie. Yeah. Which is so dumb because I could, yeah, pause it, go do something, come back. Mm-hmm. I'm not a moron. I'm not going to forget everything. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I have to stop being so precious about my <laughs> art, which is why this is great because we, yeah, could, we're finally know. being forced to watch stuff because exactly. it does get intimidating too after a while. Like, like you said, Fargo came out way too young and us being humans for us to want to watch it. But mm-hmm. It's one of those things where I was always aware of the prestige level and then it's like a capital F film, you know, yeah. and at a certain point, though, you're like, I don't know, it's intimidating to I remember once I was talking about how my favorite band is Sonic Youth to a friend of mine and she's like, you know, I really don't know much about them and I'm almost intimidated to start because it's just such a big catalog yeah. and such a rabid fan base and the it's probably a little bit of how I feel about Star Wars at this point. Mm-hmm. too i mean there's layers to why i haven't really sought out star wars but which by the way guys we're gonna watch it in may mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> i don't know if we've said that publicly yet or not um i kind of my short-term memory is trashed these days but yes in about four months we're gonna be watching so if gonna... you haven't subscribed already subscribe now because i imagine a lot of y'all are star wars mm-hmm. fans and you're gonna yeah. laugh at me being confused so Good yeah. times for all. Uh, for sure, yeah. <laughs> but it's just hard. I feel like when you miss certain pockets of even like just genres, like this, similar movies in the same genre, it's mm-hmm. like hard to know where to start. Like all those mafia movies, like when we were oh, watching right. The Godfather. And what's the one that you think is way better? Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Right. Like not having any context, like I wouldn't have known where to start without this podcast. Mm-hmm. And I look forward to seeing Goodfellas maybe because yeah. it sounds like there's at least more that I'd be on board for. Not that I hated Godfather. I actually didn't, but, but it'll it was be a hard more watch. Entertaining. Yeah. I, I, it's a way more entertaining movie. That's yeah. That's a I good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. So, cause this one too, I don't really understand what it's about Fargo. I, I know it's in Fargo. I know it's mm-hmm. kind of in winter. I know Francis McDormand's in it. I yeah. uh, know it's Coen brothers. I don't, I don't even know if it's like, a dark comedy if it's a dramedy i think it's a dramedy i think i mean any cone brothers is usually a dark yeah or comedy or somewhat of my alley so this is another one where i'm not kicking and screaming but like i know less than even last week with edward scissorhands because i was kind of right with like the frankenstein or Mm -hmm. becoming a real boy kind of analogy there was more to it but i wasn't off like i was on the right Mm -hmm. track yeah i can't even guess what the plot of this is i can't even guess like i think i have inklings of it but i no concrete of course 1996 memories of the trailer or whatever Mm -hmm. and whatever steve buscemi has talked about that's right Um, steve buscemi is on it that's right i forgot uh, that already see my short-term memory is trash we literally talked about this days ago (laughs) yeah (laughs) on the podcast recorded for posterity and i'm like oh steve buscemi's in it all over again like it's groundhog's day which is another one we're watching yeah we will next week actually is i think so yeah. yeah but 
Yeah, I think uh, Steve Buscemi, I think, actually ruined the ending for me. Oh, no. So, I mean, he was on Saturday Night Live around this time. Okay, okay. And there's like a famous scene in it, apparently. And I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. Well, cool. That that has happened to me so many times. I know. Um, It's like half the movies that either one of us have seen. Where it's like, even if we don't know the ending, we know like a scene or... I think that's kind of the I think that's kind of the danger of I think before when you know people just had cable yeah you'd flip through the TV you don't know when it start I mean you have a you could right. look on the guide but most of the time you were just randomly scrolling and if an actor you liked on was mm-hmm. on screen you might stop and it could be 20, 40 minutes into exactly. a movie and it you just kind of roll with it and hope to catch the beginning <laughs> another yeah. time yeah it's pretty insane and I don't think that people really have that anymore because it's like Mm-mm. you pick it actively yeah and and or like even watching cable now it'll say what it is underneath when it started too yeah you know? yeah that's true back, there's back, more info yeah because back then it was just like a channel right and, it just, and it's like of course in theory we could seek out any movie we've ever missed ever and to some extent we do but there is something to be said about stumbling upon stuff and mm-hmm. You're not going to think to seek out everything and you can get paralyzed by the amount of choices or the intimidation factor we talked about. So it's a whole it's a whole thing. That's why this podcast to me is kind of interesting because it's like we're going to pick up different cues about Mm -hmm. what the movie is, at least in culture. And uh, is it spoiled? Is it not? Who knows? You know, but it's like it's a part of when you enter the party late after it's over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's gonna happen (laughs) yeah and also i mean there's probably references that we'll see and then we'll be like okay um but i'm i'm super excited to see it this is a very wintry move well because it's in fargo yeah north dakota i think that's north dakota yeah i'm pretty sure i I might be wrong though i'm not as familiar with the the, the dakotas as i am the carolinas (laughs) right yeah i don't um or even the virginias (laughs) yeah i mean i'm they're they're all square in that part of the country so i feel like yeah i wouldn't be able to tell it's not like idaho yeah. where it's like a clearly yeah different kind of shape that doesn't have a name yeah. it's just the shape of idaho <laughs> i think people go based on the shape really i mean because all the pe- places with like the most interesting shapes california mm-hmm. texas florida well uh, mm-hmm. but like people tend to flock to those places <laughs> because they look <laughs> That's um, so funny yeah maybe you have some maybe there's some truth to that um there's also the coastal factors and the warmth factors but yeah yeah we're gonna go with shapes we're just gonna we're we're just gonna yes and that we'll figure it out shapes and people just like their geometry right it is it's a subconscious human inclination (laughs) yeah if you had an octagon state i would probably move there so yeah because you want to be yeah octagony it makes i mean it just makes sense yeah who doesn't want to be octagony? And then you could do UFC fights all the time because you're already in an octagon because they they find an octagon, right? UFC. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, you could just fight all the time. Missed opportunity by boundary makers. I know, I know it's. I'm going to play daft and not act like I don't understand why the reasons that shapes have the their states have the shapes that they mm-hmm. have. But no, they missed and we we could have all mm. been stars and stripes. Think about oh, it. Oh man, like just with how patriotic flag. we are. Yeah, we could have yeah. had like washington's a star but like you know uh arizona's part of the stripe <laughs> yeah right <laughs> like exactly. there could have been I, there was options guys i'm just saying oh so short-sighted well 
All right. Well, now we'll you see. got a geometry lesson as we're going to watch a Coen mm. Brothers right. <laughs> movie. And yeah, I'm I'm very excited. Again, I love the Coen Brothers, so I think I'm going to I think this is going to be a pretty big hit for me. Yeah, I'm I'm expecting yeah. to worst case like it fine. Yeah. I well, don't we'll see. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know what I'm in for, so Yeah. We'll we'll find out. So yeah, let's we'll finally watch it. Let's finally watch uh, it. All right, we'll be back, guys. Bye. Bye. And we're back. We did it. We watched Fargo. And how did we feel? We liked it. We I liked mean, it a lot. Yeah. I, I, exceptional. It was, it was yeah. so good. I agree. I couldn't. I knew I was going to like it, of course, mm-hmm. because of the, you know, the Coen brothers. And, and they obviously do their thing in the movie. Yeah. But I didn't. I Yeah. This makes sense <laughs> that this is like one of the movies, you know, obviously they based an entire tv series on right um so yeah it was exceptional yeah i loved it Uh, what what did you like about it in particular i mean the so much about it but i think the dialogue is what really grabbed me because it was just such a weird slice of life and yet animated way of speaking (laughs) yeah like you know and the juxtaposition was just pitch perfect it Mm -hmm. was such dry blink and you miss it humor yeah you know this is kind of like the second movie in a row last week being edward scissors hands if you guys uh, didn't listen go back and listen but like where there's just half of the humor is just not even like a joke set up it's just the way someone says something or it's just the absurdity like i wrote down one line and we had a good chuckle about it uh, Francis McDermott says this about William H. Macy in the car dealership. He's fleeing the interview. Yeah. <laughs> like, that just tickled me so much because, like, that's a sentence you never think you're going to say or hear. Yeah. I will for probably sure. never hear her say that sentence outside of a Fargo he's, context. That's oh, just gosh, not a thing. Too, People right. don't flee interviews, and if they do, they don't word it that way. Mm-hmm. So, like, the dialogue, there's other examples. That one tickled me the most, but. It just, <laughs> the way everyone talked was great. Oh, it was so funny. Well, because there's also also this sheen of, uh, they call it like Minnesota nice. Yes. And yes. It, everybody, I mean, like this is set mostly in Minnesota, mm-hmm. which was kind of a diversion. That, yeah, you that know. surprised us a little bit for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so like everybody's got this Minnesota nice and everybody's trying to keep up appearances, maybe except for like the, the father the of the... Uh, you know the father of um the woman who got kidnapped yeah uh maybe he was a little bit more gruff but yeah that's true the grandpa but yeah. and, and of and of course like steve buscemi too <laughs> but but like everybody's just so kind of nice and matter of fact of, about everything mm-hmm. yeah it's just so funny and they're dealing with gruesome stuff yeah, yeah i don't even think i really clocked that when the the police uh force all two of them were looking at all the bodies in the frozen yeah. tundra and car accident and all that so they were so cavalier and matter of fact and yeah. i remember at first thinking like i don't think i said this but i kind of thought they were just not being great officers even though she was really like a beautiful mm-hmm. mind like understood the yeah. dynamics of what was happening like she didn't miss a beat but it just like look i spent a good chunk of my life in colorado and there's yeah. just a lot of bad tragedies that have happened there that sometimes mm-hmm. inform the way i see certain things and 
everyone talks about well i mean it's a national thing too but like john benet ramsey oh right wow. famously yeah. the boulder police botched it yeah i don't think we'd be talking about this case if boulder police knew how to deal with the forensics yeah of that case you know oh, it was in boulder I, it was in boulder I, yeah. someone was like i'll drive you by the house once and i'm like that's okay oh, <laughs> i God, don't need to so do tragedy weird. porn that's fine but i mean like yeah so it's like i'm just have this so in my and i'm not even a big true crime person but i just have this so in my dna that like police mess things up sometimes they you know? usually do yeah they I mean, often do 100 yeah. percent. and so when that scene was happening i wasn't clocking it as minnesota nice that's so funny that makes it that's exactly what that was though thank you for contextualizing mm-hmm. that i just thought we were in the oh they're gonna botch this murder Investi- yeah yeah investigation thank you yeah um but then i kind of lost sight of that because francis mcdermott was so good at her job yeah <laughs> so i kind of forgot about that until just now so mm-hmm. thank you for bringing that up yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, like, she is such a good, she is a really good detective. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are, l- listen, I'm going to say it, fuck the police. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, but, I mean, there's a fair, there are some that do solve these horrific murders and there's, stop these people from, I, you know. I think what it is is, like, you know, there used to be that adage, well, there's just a few bad apples. I think it's a lot yeah. of bad apples. There's a few good apples. Yeah, for sure. That's how we need to reframe this until the police starts holding themselves accountable. Yeah. There's probably yeah. more than a few good apples, but yeah, really bad ones make the news way more often. And when you talk to people of any skin color, they've usually had some bad deal <laughs> with yeah. the cops. And it gets only worse depending on your skin color. Yeah, exactly. It's or if there's true. any other kind of otherness that they're going to use against you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's just start saying it's more bad apples until yeah. policies change and they're better held accountable for yeah. sure. So it's it, But it's also, look, there's also a huge difference, too, between small town yeah. police work versus the feds versus you know there's definitely i've known a lot of cops and there's definitely different layers of conscious having a conscious yeah Yeah. that's what i'm trying to say yeah some are better than others Mm -hmm. you know um depending on what they have to do and how that's messed with their brain you know um but i think the big difference though is that those cops who are in the small towns they live in that small town too. yes that too and that true you know and in the big cities that's not the case it's mostly i think most of the people that people police like they live at least five mile five 15 miles away i remember too i think i don't know if i'm right about this but i remember at one point looking into the idea that cops had to live at least in cities outside of their precinct like they couldn't Mm. be where they would do their work i don't know if that's true or not but i had a neighbor when i was like in my early 20s that didn't like me very much because i had a party but to be fair to be fair it was early in the night and he was just being a dick mm-hmm. it was like eight or nine yeah. at night and i went because he was like leering at us from across it was one of those buildings that had like a bridge between two buildings yeah he's leering at us from the other building and I'm like, hey, we can go inside, man. Like, or come over and come party with us. Like, yeah. I don't care. It's my birthday. And he was just like, I can't. I'm a cop. And I literally boldly was like, well, you're not, but you're still welcome to come. You're, yeah, you're and a then, human. Yeah. And yeah. then he called the cops on us anyway. And we had to leave. We went to a bar down the street. Wasn't a big deal. The point is, though, 
I I like told everyone like he claims he's a cop, but I don't really think so. I've seen this man; he wears bedazzled jeans. <laughs> like I don't oh, think wow. he's a cop. <laughs> but like they were like, no, he can't be a cop because he couldn't live for, i don't i don't know i mean he could have oh, been patrolling it, elsewhere for, to be fair but he was not a cop i eventually killed him with kindness and we became buddies and he was yeah. not a cop but wow yeah <laughs> that's um what do they call that that's stolen valor or something <laughs> yeah. i mean like impersonating a cop is literally a crime yeah but i mean think about that that i mean that's that could be in the wrong hands. That could be really oh, bad. Oh, yeah. You know? I could have called the cops on him. You should have called the cops on him. <laughs> you should have, actually. I should have said that when I was trying he to He says that he's a cop. Does he work in your... Uh, yeah, exactly. Ask for his badge. I know. I should have. Yeah. I should have been like in the middle of being like, okay, I promise. We'll turn down the music. And like, and like no, you're going to leave. They were super nice. I will admit they were actually very nice yeah, cops. Yeah, they yeah. were, I think, annoyed that this wasn't a real crime. And they knew that like this oh. was just silly shenanigans but they had to do their job and so like so you know you're gonna have to leave i'm like okay great we'll be out within the hour and they're like "Mm, more like 10 minutes i'm like cool thanks for the 30 minutes yeah and they knew like i was just being playful which also could be speaking to my skin color let's call that out Mm -hmm. white people can charm cops that are white they were if i'm remembering them correctly uh you know different so i don't want to i think a lot of white people over the past couple years have even if we've been more woke, we're like, oh, some of our cute we got out of a ticket stories may have been One hundred, be- yeah. stacked in our favor. Like, not right. just because we're so damn charming. So uh, these know. personal anecdotes, that is. But but you're right. But small town cops, though, even though they have to be more accountable because they live in the small town, they also might not be as good at their jobs because right. the complexity level of cases are not. Yeah, they're never getting tested. Yeah. There's never Which is what happened at Boulder, which isn't even the smallest town, but it's yeah. not a metropolis either. So Right, exactly. Just as a yeah. university, it's a suburb of a university. I mean, shoot, in big cities they mess up all the time. So yeah. I mean I remember when I used to watch the O. J. trial. Mm, oh God. Like, Most famous uh yeah. not just trial, but just the way they botched it. Yeah. They botched that majorly. <laughs> it was insane. And mm-hmm. and it let's face it, OJ Simpson got off with murder and like Literally. It was such a like I I was sick during that year when that was going mm. on and like I was home a lot. And I followed a lot of that and I was oh, like, I Oh my gosh, well, you didn't do this with the due process and I was learning about like <laughs> the constitution and everything. So it was like, oh, this is actually even though I'm staying home from school, like I'm learning a little bit about yeah. civics, you know. It's more like <laughs> real life education. Like, yeah. yeah. No, that's better than a history book. That's for sure. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, I don't, yeah, I don't like cops, but I also don't like murderers and like, yeah. you know, these. Well, yeah, they're the, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, not good. Yeah. So like, so I wouldn't say that this is ne- necessarily like copaganda, <laughs> but I think it's more, um, it's just a really interesting dizzying story where things just get so out of hand so fast within like the first yeah. like 20 minutes i'm or my head's already spinning so it i couldn't figure out so like i think what william h macy was doing was he was like giving cars to people or something like i don't know he had yeah i didn't completely get all the logistics or details yeah. but it just sort of felt like he was in bad business whether it was like trying to pay off something he promised or had like yeah was giving stuff away or was inflating definitely inflating the value i think we both like talked about that Mm -hmm. off camera but he definitely 
I think things snowball. Whatever it was, I think it snowballed yeah. and it was time to pay the piper. That's the part that was very readable right. throughout, even if the details somewhat, maybe upon a second watch, yeah, it would be more clear. But Well, that one guy kept calling and he was asking for the... Um, the serial numbers yes. or the VIN numbers, maybe? Yes, I think it was the VIN numbers, yeah. Yeah, and he was, like, trying to make it, like, all smudgy and on purpose. I don't know how dealerships really work, so... I'm, yeah, I mean, me either, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm certain he was down a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, because when, when we were first introduced to the duo of Steve Buscemi and yeah. Peter Stomeyer, we have... It's supposed to be, like, oh, I'm going to get... It's going to be $8,000. Mm-hmm. Kidnap my wife. We get give you guys fourth forty thousand. Yeah. And then I'll take the other half and stuff like that. But it was really a million. And, yeah, which uh, is a huge we... jump. Not that forty thousand's nothing because it's a lot, but yeah. it's especially in ninety five, ninety six, you know, standards, right. but it's also way different than a million, oh. even by today's standards. Yes. <laughs> well yes, absolutely. And I'm like, damn, he must have been in really, really big <laughs> mm-hmm. trouble. Because it was so funny because he wanted to use the money to buy a lot or something, like a parking mm. lot. So he was trying to finesse. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. The S- financial backers, if yeah. you will, whoever they were, they were uh, people. I'm going to use the word associates all the time because that's what Steve Buscemi <laughs> used to introduce his little fellow yeah. hood, uh, hood, hoodling friend. Um, mm. But yet his associates, I think they were business associates. Yeah, he yeah, was talking yeah. To. And I think like he was somehow related to that business to the father, the father-in-law's William H Macy's father-in-law's for associate uh-huh. worked maybe for the. Oh, you think so? I think he. Okay. Was, they said that he was like an accountant or something. Okay. I don't know. I need to maybe yeah. do like a rewatch, but but still, it was just like imagine if he would have gotten all that money. Let's say. Mm-hmm. things worked out perfectly without a hitch without a hitch and he got his million dollars mm-hmm. million dollars minus you know 40,000 40, 40, if he would have so he had that business opportunity to buy that lot wouldn't they have been like wait where did you get $750,000 to buy this lot you know the, Who's the, they? the, father, like, the oh. father-in-law oh so he paid a million dollars to get his daughter back yeah william h macy somehow has seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars to buy this lot oh yeah like i don't i don't know so it's like so weird yeah But this is the thing though we kept saying this throughout the movie this is like basically the cinematic version of that show world's dumbest criminals right because like i think you're making a valid point but you're a smart person Mm -hmm. william h macy's character was not that smart yeah he was smart enough to do life but then he bit off more than he can chew. Mm-hmm. And boy, did he make, did he fail even further yeah. in the most spectacular of ways. And it's like, how do you, because you know what? I just, so I just <laughs> recently, I think it was like, yeah, last week uh, that Bernie Madoff, um, if nobody knows, Bernie Madoff was uh, f- famous for having the largest Ponzi scheme. Mm-hmm. And I was watching. So like, speaking of world's dumbest criminals, like I, he made, theoretically somewhere around like 48 billion mm-hmm. with a b right dollars that he was on the hook for and you know what happened is you know he had a legitimate business and then he had this like side mm-hmm. hustle ponzi scheme 
And when his legitimate business started tanking a little bit, he started taking money from that dark fund or whatever, you know, the fund that's not supposed to be known to anybody. But it was like, how did you... Because everybody thought that he was the smartest person on Wall Street. And he messed up so bad. And I'm like, how did you even think that this was going to work? I think people just get too big for their britches. Yeah. And I think they just keep convincing themselves that they could keep it going. And yeah, and that's obviously what William H. Macy's character definitely was trying to do, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I think people really underestimate what any moving part, like if, if the situation has moving parts. Yeah. How you have to think of every scenario. Right. Overthinkers and neurotic people get like a really bad rap in like media mm-hmm. and that's always the debbie downer on the sitcom the one that's always like ruining everyone's fun because they're pointing out what could go wrong or similar yeah. treatment in movies but william h macy's character could have used a hell of a lot more of that a there's a balance bit. to be struck and sometimes <laughs> yeah. people would think of everything well they're not going to miss something mm-hmm. <laughs> you but the average person does not think like that right yeah and then they try to do something that's not average they it's, get desperate yeah and then then that's when they, they're forced to make these mistakes, yeah. It reminded me, and you haven't seen the movie, but um, of I, Tanya, right, <laughs> based we on an actual about, real yeah. story. And yeah, it, there's a, I'm not going to give anything away, even though it's like already well documented what happened, but there is this very funny throw a li- throwaway line about how the people who, you know, hurt Nancy Kerrigan, mm-hmm. they were just the dumbest people alive. And right. made themselves stand out when they were trying to be inconspicuous. Oh. <laughs> the way right. they portrayed it was beautiful in that yeah. movie. It's like just really good. <laughs> so um, it really, this movie really reminded me of like the prequel to I, Tanya to some, yeah. to some extent with how much they botched it at least. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's weird because like, you know, he's dealing with life and death. I mean, there was a certain point in the movie where, they were like, oh, how's Peter taking this? His son. And you he was like. You could see on his face he hadn't even thought about he it. He hadn't even thought about it. Such good acting, Such by the way. Such good acting. Like, like pitch perfect. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Like he had zero idea, zero thought about that, which mm-hmm. is really messed up. Like you're going to scar your son for. I, I mean, I, I mean, his son. Yeah. His son has a comp- let's yeah let's do a minute on his son now because we it's not what the movie was about so we don't know where he landed but what we do know is that his mom is dead after being kidnapped which Mm -hmm. i think part of the trauma of him crying in his room was not just that mom was missing but also it happened in their house yeah there's no way he felt safe in his house do you know what i mean or that could have been hit yes like there's no or or they're gonna come back he doesn't know sure or even like even having the regret, like God, if I was home, I would have been able to defend her. Yes, like, everybody thinks like that, even though it's not real, because he was probably at school. Yeah, yeah exactly. He should not have yeah. been at home. But like we all have those irrational, I should have been there, mm-hmm. or I should have done something. And so now his mom's kidnapped, eventually dies. His grandfather dies, and yeah. his dad's probably going to jail for forever. Forever. He should. I know. He absolutely should. He really should, because he got so many people killed in yes. the process that he didn't even know. I know, yeah. And the thing is, is like you could say, you know, St- you know, Steve Buscemi and Peter Stomeyer, like the, mm-hmm. that duo, they are bad guys. We yes. could confidently say that, but they were paid to do this, right? Right. <laughs> like this was this. They were carrying out the mission. The exactly. Orders, yeah. yeah. 
So like I, you know, obviously like that guy, the one who survived, mm-hmm. uh, he is obviously going to go to jail oh, for yeah. a very long time. But like, my goodness, like, yeah, William H. Macy. William H. Macy was the accidental mastermind, even yeah. though he did start it. But like, he didn't mean for it to be a killing spree. Of course, yeah. <laughs> he yeah, didn't want he his wife to die. Definitely didn't want that. But you, yeah, but that's what happens when you play with fire, you know. And it's like going back to the remiss parenting in general. Like he also didn't consider. Let's again say this one off without a hitch. His wife is gonna be traumatized after yes. this. I and know. Like, and also, it's like okay, I'm sorry, but Clark. Let's say. There's ever a situation where, like, you need money. Mm-hmm. So you're like, you know what? I'm going to pawn off my friend Blair, <laughs> my co- my podcasting partner. And, like, <laughs> I need ransom money. And you try to do this. Pick people you know to kidnap me. Let me okay. in on the joke. Okay, sure. I mean, Or at that's... least people that are not going to be violent, you know, or, like, accidentally kill me or get mad at me. Do you know what I'm... Yeah. Like, that's, like, the least... If you're going to let... Someone you love be kidnapped because you're you're the one that's saying let's do this. I don't care who mm-hmm. it is in your life. It could be your wife, your child, your parents, your friends, your gr- favorite grocer. I don't care. Maybe maybe even don't tell them because then they'd be an accomplice. But don't mm-hmm. make sure it's not shady people you've never met and you got to drive to Fargo mm-hmm. to right. hire them. And that's when you meet them. Because why would wild characters like that give a damn about your loved one? absolutely you know they really might kill her if like if like she tried to escape we we thought she kind of low-key was dead when she fell down the sleep yeah on the steps sorry in her shower curtain thing that she was wearing yeah it was not clear if she broke her neck and died or if she was still alive right until like a a few scenes later god and that was really actually smart of her to open the window make that make her mm-hmm. think that she went out but she was actually happy. oh i loved it that, that was, was such a great smart. my bathroom window opened i would uh but then it but then it you know obviously she shouldn't have moved i guess but yeah yeah and especially if you see you know those two you're mm-hmm. like come on okay i have to back out of this <laughs> and he did try to back out of it because he almost got that deal going. yeah that's right um but it's not because he came to his senses it's like he just something easier came right. along yeah exactly you know you, it's too late it's too late what are you doing yeah. well especially if this is a pre everyone has a cell phone movie yes so there's no way I to know. like call or text even on a burner or something like that's yeah. just not a thing so i think it was it, so it came out in 96 i think it was supposed to be in 1987 yeah that's what they okay we actually looked mm-hmm, this up mm-hmm. it says that it's like based on a true story that's a loose definition really loose probably the loosest <laughs> maybe maybe as loose as like the conjuring movies where it's based you know. on true crime yeah yeah that's basically and what it, it is and i think they just pieced it together but you know what they created a brilliant story though so like, they did they they hobbled together different crime stories and perhaps the uh, funnest detail that they kept was the incinerator or the wood, wood chipper. chipper sorry yeah. yeah wood chipper uh that actually happened in some crime yeah and that's the craziest yeah they picked the wildest true crime story that i've heard well especially since like there's a lot of crazy stuff that happened but i think that's like probably one of the crazier things that it was the most happening. brutal i would yeah. say or the most like visually like yeah, because we're used to watching people get shot in movies. Oh, for sure. You know, yeah. we're almost or, desensitized to that. Mm-hmm. 
which is why the wood chipper is so effective because it's like yeah. not that he died via wood chipper but like he's being disposed of <laughs> via wood chipper and it's took me a minute to figure it out too because yeah, i was like yeah huh i wonder what he's doing why is it all red oh <laughs> I, yeah that's the part that got ruined mm-hmm. for me steve buscemi ruined it for me how dare he so that's his fault but yeah like so sh- it was shock it's shocking though yeah it is yeah it's just like uh but like stuff like you know stuff like that happens like there's like it's i mean as crazy as as the movie is like there's stuff that like that that does happen so have you ever seen the movie to die for with nicole kidman and oh, oh my god, god there's some other famous people in it that i'm not thinking of maybe off. i don't think so it's okay so clark and i are trying to figure out what to do with the patreon and we have discussed the idea of like just talking about movies we want to talk about that are maybe yeah. not as mainstream and if we do that route this is going to be on the list because it's just it's fascinated me since i was like 11 years old is matt dylan in it yes okay okay i may have seen it but yeah yeah it's i rewatched it in the past year or two and it's quite the it's quite the ride it's quite the ride oh oh uh joaquin phoenix is in it before he's famous actually i think it's him it's one of or it's someone like him if it's not him i think it's him um he's like a teenager oh wow in it and uh it's like from the mid to late might even be early 90s i actually don't know when this movie came out i saw it when i was like homesick from Mm -hmm. school one day it was like on a movie channel yeah and uh but yeah there's some truth is it's true crime it's a crime Mm -hmm. story right yeah so um that's what made me think of it and there's definitely some interesting eye-catching elements to it that's all i'll say yeah i'll I'll have to watch it. I do love Nicole Kidman, of course. Oh, she's great in it too. Yeah, yeah, and the, and it's so funny because it, it it's weird because so this came out like way before the true crime craze, and I mm-hmm. I think true crime has always. When was OJ convicted? Was it ninety five or ninety six? I don't remember. Maybe ninety five. Okay. But I yeah, mean, this would have been around right. the yeah. I feel like we were at the precipice of this start because that's what really ushered in because yeah, that was the first right. 24 hour because before this is what's so crazy to me about the OJ Simpson trial, which trust me, there's a lot to pick from. But cable news was new at the time yeah. and it wasn't doing well because who wants to watch the news 24 mm-hmm. seven? And then the OJ Simpson trial happened and it became 24 seven coverage that got great ratings so from mm-hmm. there on out the news became more sensationalized yeah wow Imagine. isn't that insane yeah no it that is insane because it's like i mean like because we always think about the news yeah being i mean it's inescapable yes and it's probably all that people know but yeah but like before it was like oh you would watch local news mm-hmm. and it would be a half hour like at like four certain times of the day yeah. yeah and you know 11 and like four thirty mm-hmm. or whatever and then on the weekend 60 minutes mm-hmm. and then 2020 and those will be the special yep. reports more like instead of like just breaking news it was actually just right you know, so yeah and but like having this breaking news where oh 
or just basically live streaming. I mean, I don't think they called it that at that time, but mm-hmm. like live streaming an entire trial, yes. whether you watch it or not. Yeah. Live from the Los Angeles courtroom, it's O.J. Simpson's yeah. trial of the century. And you won't miss a minute. Like, no. And at that time, because I remember, I remember even on, on NBC, Fox, or like those regular local channels, I mean, I I grew up in California, yeah. so no, I think they were interrupted for court coverage. Okay, a yeah, lot of the yeah, time yeah. too, if I'm remembering correctly. But I think that was the reason why I watched mm-hmm. so much of that trial. It was inescapable. Was, yeah, I l- would turn on the TV, and you know, I had cable too, mm-hmm. but it was like. You know, instead of I Love Lucy or right, Gilligan's right. Island, it, it was yeah, it was the entire trial. So, and then the analysis of it, and that's it also that's on. also the pipeline to reality TV because it was a yeah. famous person and a human interest story, and it led to, you know, all this uh, celebrity based reality TV eventually, mm. and that in wow. part led to the Donald being the president yeah. in a weird way because he became more ingratiated both through the apprentice, but mm-hmm. then we normal, like it put everyone on kind of a similar playing field because yeah. reality TV will have like Dennis Rodman mm-hmm. <laughs> with a Martha Stewart, with a Donald Trump, yeah. with a former Senator or Arnold Schwarzenegger. It just all humanized everyone in the wrong ways. Usually yes, not for that. I know. But it's like you still have to be qualified for what you want to do. And, and there's also literally Kardashian Kardashian. I know. In the, the trial court. too. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the pre Kardashian. It is. It's all connected though. It's yeah. crazy and overlapping. Yeah. It's it's the wildest yeah. chapter in American history, yeah. yes, in modern history in general. So that's interesting that this came out like at that time so that that that's actually really yeah it's probably why it was also a hit too because people maybe for the first time ever it was not mm-hmm. as morbid to be into crime stories yeah i wonder i, I don't so. know but maybe yeah because you know what i don't really i mean i i don't remember of course i do remember being like a teenager dateline would always be on yeah and it would always be you know the true crime stuff and i'm like oh yeah, I think that might have been the beginning of that. That's my first memories of that, too. Yep. I'm not, like, the big... I don't, like... It makes me sad. I don't like to hear about the murders or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I don't like to hear about that part because I think that that's such a... You know, that's fucked up. It's voyeurism in the worst yeah. ways. Yeah. And even, like, I'm a horror fan. And you know mm-hmm. this about me. I'm a huge horror fan. But... You don't like slashers. I don't like slashers. I, I mean, they're fine. Like, I like the more supernatural ones. I don't really that's not my jam and um but i do like the process of like finding them and like yeah and well the psychology of why people do right. what they do and the circumstances that led up to the crime because mm-hmm. it's rarely the boogeyman yeah. it's usually someone you know yeah and also you see the way that they kind of evade mm-hmm. like things and how people missed up on these serious red flags right. that just they just kind of glossed over you know the golden state killer he was like one of the most prolific serial killers mm-hmm. in history and he was a cop and he yeah. knew how to circumvent he, the system exactly he had certain techniques that he would use to it's get out of it fascinating too, yeah. too how people hide in plain sight because like btk is another one mm-hmm. and he got found out kind of in recent years i think it was like 2006 or 7 that he got mm-hmm. arrested yeah 
And he's like a church elder and a family guy. Yeah. And like if you Dennis Ra- Radar, Randar or something like that. I think that's yeah, his real name. Yeah. If you watch his like trial, he looks creepy as hell. But mm-hmm. according to everyone, they'd never met that man. Yeah, right. He was someone else. Yeah. Well, and the, so like, and this goes back. So go, going back to the Golden State Killer too, mm-hmm. they they actually had a a sketch of what the Golden State Killer would look like, or oh. like some there was a witness right. or something, and so they did a witness sketch. It looks exactly like him, but they just like, weren't looking for and him. And they just well because he's a cop, so yep. like they're not gonna be like. Wow, you kind of like, <laughs> like chills. That's hiding in plain sight. But it, I mean, like it was shocking, and it was from the seventies too. Yeah. And they actually showed what he looked like back then, and what he looked mm. like, or what that sketch was. And so it is, you know, usually, yeah. But then there's like good detectives like Frances McDormand, which mm-hmm. you know she's, and she's pregnant at that. I know she's. Like, she's such yeah. a little feminist hero like yeah. she's like <laughs> seven months crimes. pregnant yeah i know and not really caring and almost and having morning sickness <laughs> that was a funny scene it yeah. passed i'm hungry it passed yeah i'm hungry again <laughs> but her her uh her husband was so sweet too um, yeah, they were a fun duo yeah he was kind of like Oh, I'll I'll make you breakfast. Everyone and has to have breakfast. <laughs> yeah, you have to have your breakfast for, before you go, because <laughs> like I think otherwise people would be like, "Oh, okay, have fun at work." Mm-hmm. Bye. Yeah. Well, like I said, it was kind of a. I said this uh, before we filmed. I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, it's kind of like a role reversal. Like she's out in the fields, yeah, <laughs> she's staying at home, creating stamps, and you're right, nurturing, making her breakfast." Yeah, like, it was. I it love was that. fun, yeah. especially for the time period. Mm-hmm. It's not for expected. Sure. So yeah. I mean, she's running around with a gun and, <laughs> you know, like, and that's what I, I, I actually really kind of like that because, I mean, you kind of got to see that side of her. I mean, she's such a complex character I in know. that way. And then also, I mean, the side story of she, her meeting her. Uh-huh. Was it a friend or an ex from high school? I couldn't. I don't know. Completely I don't really clock what their dynamic was. I don't know exactly. I thought. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're just friends, but yeah. Uh, uh, he was interested, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Honestly, I had a similar experience. This is really what it's like to, if you're a woman to hang out with a man from like high school or college. Because oh, wow. mine was a college friend. Thought we were innocuously just catching up. And, mm-hmm. and then he was like, well, my wife and I have an open marriage. And he wanted to make me a side piece. And yeah. I was like, fuck to the no. Wouldn't have said yes to this man, even if he was single. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, and then, it was creepy because I thought we were friends. Yeah. And I thought I was hanging out with my married friend. That's another you thing. You know what too, I mean? It was such yeah, a wolf in sheep's clothing moment. And I but was also like, oh, she's you're like a bad seven guy. Months, she, also, she's like seven I know. That's like a creepy too, thing, like, too. That's like a, you're going to get the real dad out of the nest and be the surrogate dad. You just not care. Do you have a pregnancy fetish? Like, Well, yeah. I mean, well, that was like the weird thing about it because I'm like, he saw her on the news. He saw her on the news. Mm-hmm. She was obviously pregnant. So, like, I, I don't yeah. know. That was like weird. I just thought that that was like. What's well, weird to call someone out of the blue because they're on, especially back then it's one thing to send someone a facebook message now mm-hmm. it's like so easy and low stakes yeah. to be like oh congrats i saw your commercial which is a real scenario out here it in los angeles for us yeah. it's hard to watch commercials about recognizing someone sometimes but like at the same time too to call someone at quarter to 11 or quarter to 12 whatever time it was at yeah. night that her and her husband were already sleeping she's pregnant like yeah. you said pregnant 
people need sleep. Yeah. And just it almost feels like uh what's the word like opportunist mm-hmm. yeah like oh fair weathered like whatever mm. his deal was right the intentions were a little strange yeah and like that's that's kind of the thing that i do like about like coen brothers movies mm-hmm. is they'll put something in that and it doesn't serve the plot but it serves the character yeah you know it's and a unique skill hard y- to pull off yeah yeah and it's like it didn't have anything to do with the kidnapping. It didn't mm-hmm. have anything to do with the main plot. It just showed, you know, Frances McDormand's character. And, like, you know, she's a tough cookie and everything. And uh, she could really handle herself. And Nope, I prefer it. If you'd sit over there, I don't like this more. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> sit side saddle. Which, by the by, side saddle, ugh. Yeah. Gives me the ex personally. Yeah. I Yeah, I used to with my girlfriends, but... <laughs> um don't have to worry about that anymore but um in the big lebowski there's several there's several things where it's like oh that doesn't make sense to the plot at all Mm. but one of the you've seen it right yeah i don't remember it super vividly but i've seen it like a few times just more than 10 years ago okay but like anyways like (laughs) there's one part where some guy was writing down something on he was on the phone Mm -hmm. with somebody and he, you see him writing on a notepad and, you know, he takes the, the paper on and takes it with him or whatever. The notepad's left and then, you know, um, Jeff Bridges uh, or Lebowski. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's the name of the movie. Uh, he puts down a piece of paper and very smartly, like, does a rubbing of it so he could see what the person wrote, mm. uh, that person who was holding him captive. But it is just like a stick figure with like a really big dick Mm. like Mm -hmm. it was and it was like that had nothing to do with the plot Mm -hmm. at all but it was just so funny like and it just kind of showed like how ridiculous life is and how life just kind of has a lot of um those weird (laughs) those weird moments that don't lead to anything but they're just there you know it's so funny yeah i agree yeah i i love movies that don't waste time but still add texture yeah right and like you were saying i think one of uh and this was a great example was when the cinematography is great in it obviously Mm. but like they spent like an extra bit of time in the parking lot Mm -hmm. seeing him park yeah circle around and kind of pick a spot somewhat randomly and i was like this is a well done shot yeah and the thing is if you think about that whole sequence you didn't need to know the backstory of Mm -hmm. him parking like you didn't really need you'd get the memo by seeing them on top of a structure with cars yeah (laughs) but it just adds that little bit of texture and then hit and then you know we'll get into steve buscemi but like steve buscemi like has this big blow up with this dude and Mm -hmm. like about four dollars i mean at that time i guess it was kind of expensive but yeah the matter of i guess it would i was trying to figure that out in my head i'm like that probably would have been like ten dollars in recent times Which isn't great or bad. It sort of depends, but I'd probably because I'm a I, I I'm frugal on principle with certain things. Like I'll spend a pretty penny on stuff, but if I feel like I'm being taken, I get mad. Right. And if I was in a parking <laughs> garage for literally like two minutes or whatever it was, yeah. and I had to pay ten dollars for that, I'd be pissed too. I, yeah, I would. Four, I'd kind of roll my eyes at and be annoyed. But but that's by today's four dollars though. Right. You know, like I. But if you're on the run from from the cops. Mm-hmm. I I mean, obviously he's a bad yeah. criminal. 
Um, but yeah, if you're if you know that you have some heat on you, yes, because at this point they had already killed three people. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. Just pay the four dollars, and they're holding a woman, and they're holding a woman. Yeah. Yeah. So they're. Yeah. Yeah, Play it cool, dude. Play Play it it cool. cool. Yeah. (laughs) But like that was the thing is like they were not actively. (laughs) Well, just the way they broke into the house. Yes. Oh my god. Funniest. Like goofy, (laughs) it was so goofy. Like the image of his ski cap in broad daylight, not even hiding, just boldly, not just walking up to the door, but standing in front of it for like a solid five to ten seconds. Yeah, and like put and like putting (laughs) your hands around and looking in and not seeing the person there still. And And then then he just takes a crowbar. He doesn't try to like jiggle the window he doesn't yeah. try he just goes for like broke and it's yeah. like let's just break open the window with this well, crowbar so one guy breaks the window mm-hmm. but then the other person i don't know i just don't know opens which the door one, right just open the front door that yeah. was it they didn't need to break anything <laughs> so stupid it was so funny see buscemi was the one that broke the window he, was he yeah because it was the, he was the lankier one. yeah that's right uh the visual is very burned into my brain which by the by last week i teased my Steve Buscemi story is just that long story short. One of my friends in Denver thinks I'm in love with Steve Buscemi because oh, I've been right. letting her think that one of my friends is. I've been letting her think that I'm in love with Steve Buscemi because she was roasting me for liking this guy in a band that she thought looked like a young Steve Buscemi. And I just doubled down and was like, so what? If my husband aged like Steve Buscemi, I'd be honest. I know you're trying to make fun of me, but I'm taking it as a compliment. I know. Yeah. And now it's become this joke, you know, and all that jazz. I don't think she really thinks I have the hots for Steve Buscemi, but um, I'm not sure she didn't think that for a while. Right. I'm not convinced she doesn't think that, but I don't know. But I don't know. I don't think he's bad looking. I know he's I know. funny yeah, looking. He's... That's what they kept saying. Oh they kept God. saying that. But I'm like, I don't know. I'm someone who historically likes, I like a face of character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's what it is. I'm very bored by super symmetrical faces. Mm -hmm. You have to have, it doesn't mean you can't be very pretty. You can be, but there has to be something that makes me like, I I don't even know what, but uh, yeah, we, we both were like, oh, we feel so bad that uh, he keeps being called funny looking but i think it was yeah. part the mustache and part how he dressed yeah. and he was just kind of an eccentric kind of dude yeah. his body language wasn't sexy it was just yeah. kind of like demanding and full of himself <laughs> you know that adds to how someone looks weirdly enough yeah. it's like non-verbal stuff that you know puts into your computer brain about mm-hmm. like how you feel about someone so yeah no he's i mean but man he is so freaking good in this movie I, know. I, I mean he was making me just everything every line was funny to me like even though it wasn't supposed to be he just, just right worked. but like even when he's in the car and like he's just trying he's like we've been driving for like four hours and you <laughs> haven't said one thing like that is like it was he's just very complicated actually one of my favorite parts is when there was the old man mm-hmm. who was describing Steve Buscemi, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, him mm-hmm, having a conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. The way that he was saying things, it was like, wow, that's exactly yes how Steve. He didn't say it the way that he would, mm-hmm. but just the words that he would use Absolutely. or whatever. Absolutely. And I was like, damn, that was so funny. Kudos it's so guy. well written and acted. Like it's so hard to extract one without the other because going back to the exact car scene that you were just talking about, where he's like, God, I've been you know for four hours, you haven't said anything. 
what really like pinged for me was like, oh, that's so in a weird way relatable, but it's so bizarre it's not because there if you've ever been on a road trip with someone or Mm -hmm. been with someone for an extended amount of time maybe a vacation whatever there are times where somebody is not as comfortable with silence than the other person and the other person maybe genuinely wants to talk maybe they're trying to fill the silence but at one point they think that they're doing all the emotional labor and they just want the other person to be a team player but the other person just needs a half hour of silence yeah like that's it it doesn't have to be a non-stop talk fest it's okay to take a beat no matter how close you are and i don't mm-hmm. think these men were that close yeah so it was I also very so. funny <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that steve buscemi was saying this kind of relatable thing where it's like yeah. i'm trying to make the car trip fun that was like what his internal yes. monologue was saying right mm-hmm. i'm trying to make this car trip fun and i'm trying to like you know entertain us by talking mm-hmm. but you're not doing any of the work but the genius of it is he doesn't realize how annoying he's being. Yes. He's, you can deduce that he has been talking for four hours. <laughs> like a monologue, yeah. <laughs> and this guy is but, just over it. <laughs> but, I mean, because we even saw it later mm-hmm. where literally, because that guy hardly hardly mm-hmm. talks in it, uh, Peter Stomeyer's character. He rarely talks. But, like, most of the time, it's like Steve Buscemi, like, asking a question, but then not letting him necessarily even <laughs> yeah. answer. And it just goes off on his own thing. And it's, so it's like, you're, yeah, you're just like taking over the conversation and thinking that that's Mm -hmm. all, you know, you're the good, yeah, you're the good guy or whatever in that, yeah, situation. That's so funny. Yeah. But that's so hard to write and have it be um, obvious. And it's also great acting because you know what, you know, that whole cliche of like, but what's my intention? Like every right, actor, yeah. but you know what his intention is. It yeah. actually reads in a not heavy handed way, but mm-hmm. it's like, he's believably pissed that yeah. he's talking the whole time. And that's probably what he's thinking. And it's yeah. great. It's perfect. It's so weird because he's like, yeah, he's so funny in this, but it reminded me a lot of his, uh, Seymour character. Funny enough. Oh, from, from Ghost, Ghost World. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I know Steve Buscemi. So Shemmy's different, but yeah. I, but different? Yeah. But, like, just kind of neuro- neurotic on yeah. some of these things. Like, I don't know. Or tightly wound. Kind of, yeah. In a different way, granted. Yeah. But, yeah, Seymour was, tech- with the records especially, yeah. very tightly wound. Right. And so, like, yeah. But what? A, but it was funny. And it was funny that he was, he would just talk a lot. And the other guy was so silent the mm-hmm. whole time and was, like, you know, super tough and... God, where do they even find Steve Buscemi? You know what I mean? Because he's such a treasure to me. And like, he's just not. How do you describe Steve Buscemi in like a character breakdown? You know, like he, what a unicorn. Whoever discovered him, like found a unicorn. Right. Because I mean, we we were talking about this before, um, but he was a fireman in New Mm -hmm. York and before he became an actor. And I'm like, how? I know. I couldn't imagine Steve Buscemi being a fireman for one thing. Don't right. Because you, you have to pass rigorous tests. Yeah. Not to say, I'm sorry, Steve Buscemi, if you're out there listening. Mm-hmm. I'm sh- I'm certain you could do all this stuff, but he's kind of like small dude or whatever. He is, you know? but like, I feel like, okay, in my town, I'm always surprised at who's a firefighter because it's also a volunteer <laughs> thing, to be yeah. fair. It's like we have a, but it's it like, be... it's like one of my childhood best friend's mom who's like 70 and like wow but she's been doing it for forever maybe she doesn't do it anymore i actually don't know the answer to that but 
um or people that i went to high school with i'm like oh you're a firefighter now huh oh. and that's like kind of every different walk of everything but granted wasn't he from a brooklyn fire department wasn't that oh maybe in new york oh. i which would be you would think more legit but also he did this in the 70s or 80s i think 80s? it was in the 80s yeah. yeah 80s so maybe the tests were different too. yeah sure yeah could you throw a bucket of water? Done. You're Sold. <laughs> You're one of us. I don't know. But who knows? Maybe he was like one of those slender but like thin muscle yeah. built guys when he was 20. I don't know. No, he he probably is. And, again, you know. We just know him as an older man because he's kind of yeah. like a Steve Martin. Right. Where he maybe didn't go gray young. Maybe that's not quite what I'm saying. But like he's kind of looked the same. Yes. He's for looked, a really right. long time. Like it's he like probably Lone looked foe or yeah. Was it you that was telling me this? Somebody told me recently and Clark and I have a lot of conversations about how people are aging maybe differently than mm-hmm. back in the day. And someone was uh, telling me recently that if a man balds at 25, I think we were talking. Yeah. Yeah. That it's basically like, they stop aging. They yeah. kind of look the same for the next 30 years. Yeah. So it sucks to go bald at 25, but the good news is you're, you're, this Evergreen. is how you're going to look. Yeah. You're not going to get worse. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> that's true. And it's so true. And like, yeah, because I think we were talking about like Steve Martin, he always had gray hair and yeah. Even when he was like in 30. His, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Steve Buscemi has always kind of, yeah, he's always kind of looked the same. And yeah, because I think the, it's weird because like going back and watching Airheads, mm-hmm. and were we, talk, we were talking about yeah. Airheads the other day. On Airheads, he is a uh, he's a rocker, and know. you know, and he's like looks cool. He looks he looks legit. He looks pretty well. That's cool. the thing. I felt founded for having a fake crush on him because right. I was like, oh my god, if we were the same age and I saw Airheads when it was released. Mm-hmm. I would not have had a crush on Adam Sandler or Brandon Fraser, yeah. both dreamy in that time. Mm-hmm. They're it's actually they're all really kind of good looking all together. It's yeah. actually it was, I only saw that movie in the pandemic, so I was like, "Wait, Airheads, really? Yeah, oh." And so okay. I was like, "What is happening? I'm sort of falling in love with three men <laughs> that are technically like decades older, but I'm older than them. I think than mm. when they filmed this or yeah. something. There was some weird like mind fuck like that. But I was like, no, I would." have the hots the most hots received Buscemi that is cool. my type when he was young like was, that's the type I go for so that was for sure the first movie I ever saw him in I oh, mean okay. it, Ghost World yeah. I think was for me yeah because I think god when did Airheads come out I think that was like, it was like early 90s yeah it's like 93 or something 94 it was before Adam Sandler became the box office and Netflix yeah. king like it was like sure. I didn't even realize he had movies before or and or during yeah. SNL before like Happy Cause this might Gilmore be, or whatever. Right. Yeah. This might be even before that. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. yeah. So it was a long time ago. But like I was going to say Steve Buscemi has like definitely uh, like a Chris Cornell energy. Yes. It, which is funny. No, he to does. Think about. No, it's true. Yeah. And that's probably what they were going for. On. But yeah. yeah, still it was. That's a fun movie. Um, yeah. Fun movie. <laughs> We recommend it. We like all the actors yeah. involved. Um, but I also love William H. Macy. Yes. I didn't know he was in this movie. So that wow. was like a pleasant surprise too. He's He and Steve Buscemi are like two of, they're pretty up there. They're. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I like them a lot. Like a lot. Well, I mean, that kind of does, that is what's really cool about this movie. But also, which is kind of weird though, because 
whenever I think, whenever I had ever thought about this movie, always my first thought is Francis Francis McDormand. Yes, right. I don't even. I mean, you're right. I don't really. I didn't know think Steve Buscemi was in it till last week when yes. you told me. Yeah. And so, like, I don't. But I don't even now. Like, if you ask me about the movie, I would, you know. Frances McDormand because she literally won an Academy Award yes. for Best Supporting Actress, mm-hmm. which is weird because I don't. So I was thinking about that the whole time, and I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know how to feel about it because in a way, I kind of get it. I do get it because the movie is about other people, and she's supporting the plot. Yeah, she. It's I you know what so. I mean. Like there is, she's the most prominent woman, mm-hmm. but it's not a. And she comes in like 30 minutes in. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, I, I kind of, so. it, you could argue it both ways. Like if someone, or if you even right now, were like, no, this is why she's a leading lady for this. This is why it should have been best actress. We might agree to disagree, but I wouldn't be mad about it. Right. I'd be like, I get where you're coming from. There's a lot of overlap, yeah. but I kind of get the supporting actress. But also too. maybe she would have had less of a, yeah. Okay. I guess, I, I, I guess there's an argument for both. Good for her for getting it. Yeah, she deserved also, an award for sure. Yeah, and also if she wasn't, um, if she was maybe nominated for best actress, I don't know who she lost against. I know because yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's a really great point because the Oscars, as much as we like to pretend it's just like this innocuous fun thing, it's very political. Yeah, yeah it's so political. So if they thought that she would have a, it's not unheard yeah. of. It's why a lot of times um, there was something recently. I forget what. Excuse me. Um, there was someone was nominated for a Grammy in recent years, and I forget if it was like best album or best new artist, but it felt like shenanigans because it basically was whatever the work that was being nominated was technically from two years ago, but there was some yeah. weird snafu about the Grammys calendar versus like our actual calendar. You know how oh, like yeah. there's different quarters for different businesses yeah. or religions or whatever you want to call it, like. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, but this, everyone's been listening to this for like 20 months or whatever it is, but it still somehow (laughs) fell technically in whatever the category was. So these things happen. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. uh, That's what I would have. Yeah, that's what I would think, you know, but uh, also all of it's fake. But the thing is that this is, uh, I think this movie it's so it won for best script, right? Yeah, I think that's what script. you said. Yeah. Yeah, best script and uh, best supporting actress, which those are those are two big big ones, you know. It's a great <laughs> movie. Like it's we yeah. I was uh, we were also reading up on it and uh, I guess Siskel told Ebert like this is why we do this or this yeah. is why we love movies or some equally cute quote like that and they put it as movie of the year. Yeah. And. It's also, I didn't clock this until I was looking at the IMDb. Well, I knew I recognized one of the hookers that they spent the night with that um, Francis McDermott interviewed. Uh-huh. And one of them, uh, Melissa Peterman, who I know oh. from the sitcom Reba. <laughs> I, I I watched it a lot the summer my dad died. I don't know what to tell no, you. I, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I remember I watched I watched a couple of episodes. She yeah. was the neighbor slash reba's ex-husband's new wife oh okay and look say what you will about sitcoms family ones and i'm probably with you to some extent even though i secretly love the ones like not even secretly i publicly love the ones i grew up with uh she's a 
great comedic actress sure. like amazing and oh that's she, funny she so was, you clocked her when i couldn't figure out why i thought i knew mm. her she was so much younger and like looked a little different it was probably one of her first roles it was the one on she was the one on the right okay. and not the one that kept calling william h macy funny the one that was with the bigger one that okay, was yeah, equally yeah, yeah. not super descriptive for the most part <laughs> so yeah she looked more 80s fired like kinda, yeah um and I was like, that girl looks so familiar, but maybe she just looks like someone I know. Like I couldn't, yeah. especially these older movies, it's like mm-hmm. sometimes harder to tell. And then right. when I was looking at some trivia or something, I came across, I was trying to look up the Tollbooth guy too, because he looks familiar, but I couldn't figure him out. And then I saw her name and photo and I was like, oh, that yeah. makes so much sense. Like even the supporting cast, like the actual, I know. not main supporting cast, but like just the other, there wasn't a weak link. Yeah. There wasn't one where it's like, like even the child, it wasn't like, oh God, who told this kid he could act? No, he was yeah. believable. He was very broken. From the jump, even mm-hmm. when he was at the table and pushing his chair back and kind of bored. And then a beat later is like, all right, I'm done. Can I go? The way that sounds like such a weird detail yeah. to like hone in on, on a movie that's just really great in so many other ways. But I was like, oh wow, that kid's a natural Right. He's not pretending to be bored. You can tell he's bored and it makes mm-hmm. sense he wants to leave the table and he was convincingly Go sad. To McDonald's. His, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> convincingly yeah. sad when his mom was kidnapped. Yeah. It was just all it was very sincere. Right. I mean everybody you know the uh the customers that came in yes. for the for the car. Yes. That was such a funny scene about the clear coat. Everyone was so committed. Yeah, it was so funny. Yeah. Gosh. I mean, that's that's what I like about the Coen Brothers. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen a Coen Brothers movie I didn't like. Yeah. So I, I they have a, a good eye for writing, but also a good eye for... I mean, yeah. because, you know, they wrote it for Steve Buscemi. They mm-hmm. wrote that character mm-hmm. specifically for him. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. You wrote perfectly for him. Like, you did it. Good job. Here's okay, cracked the code. Good job. <laughs> Fine. Okay. You're going to have a bunch of cool movies. <laughs> Did um I know obviously Francis McDermott and William H Macy has done other stuff with them, but has William H Macy been in the other stuff? I'm not remember. I've only seen Big Lebowski, technically Raising Arizona, but I don't remember it that well. And then um Burn After Reading, I oh, saw yeah, that. Yeah, Burn After Reading, which I which loved, was, but I only saw it in the theaters. Yeah, that was that was a weird one. I I remember. I liked yeah, it. Yeah, Francis McDormand was. She was in just it. obsessed with getting her plastic surgery. Yeah, that was so funny. But it kind of sh- you know a similar thing where it kind of shows their. Um, mm-hmm. um, I don't think William H Macy comes up. Hmm. I keep saying like I keep I'm like oh no he was in Magnolia and I'm like that's P T Anderson dummy. <laughs> that's uh, the thing he's in a lot of uh, Paul Thomas Anderson movies. But yeah, he is because he's in. Look, hear me out. He's in my most bizarre favorite scene of all time in Boogie Nights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The New Year's party. The right. one. The one. Yeah. First of all, that's a oneer. That is so much choreography. Mm-hmm. And when he does what he does, I'm not going to spoil it for anyone that hasn't uh, watched. It's quite the what the fuck moment. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I should laugh or cry. Right. Exactly. That's good art to me. I mean, like, it's sad. Mm-hmm. I'll give that spoiler away. But the way it's done is so absurd. You're just like, <laughs> right. what just happened? Yeah. And it's it's never left me. And that's why it's my most bizarre favorite. It's not my actual favorite, but mm-hmm. it's a different shelf, different, yeah. different bookshelf altogether. And it's at the top. 
Yeah. No, I could exactly. Yeah, I have a few of those too. Mm-hmm. Can't think of any of them. I don't think he was in anything else, which is uh, which is so crazy because he lobbied for that role. Apparently, he auditioned for the first Trooper. Oh, like the one that I think Francis Dermick was uh, dealing with. I think yeah. I, I kind of glazed over this factoid a little bit, but he like lobbied hard for the the role he got. That's so funny. And I yeah. thought he did a great job. I wrote down at one point like him being so earnest while being such a sleazeball. Yeah, is such an impressive temperature to hit. Like that. That's a hard note you know like that's a that's amazing yeah yeah like because he really was that minnesota nice Mm -hmm. but he's such a bad guy yeah so bad but like he's doing such a good job of leading with the niceness while you the audience Mm -hmm. knows he's simmering right and then we see his frustration obviously Mm -hmm. later and fleeing the interview (laughs) (laughs) well gosh dang it (laughs) And it's such Fling a the interview. <laughs> that I mean, also that conversation's funny because they're act. You know, it's a pretty pretty tense scene. Yeah. No cussing though, and I was like, oh my god, mm-hmm. that's so funny because that would be a. Very he's so gaslighty too. He's just not. An- he's evading answering the question. He's saying I answered the question. Yeah. He's like, I was like, oh my goodness, this is again very good writing because that is what people do when mm-hmm. they don't want to account for something in conversations. Right. It's very true. And you know it, yeah. Uh, and just, I mean, just that look that he gives when she says the name of the car, mm-hmm. like when the first time she comes over, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, "Frick," mm-hmm. you know, and you could just see, you could just see the panic in his face. And it's weird. There's actually, I, there is a video of somebody who is being interviewed by uh, like a news station, like, or, you know, mm-hmm. for the news. Somebody that apparently that person had killed someone. Oh. And he thought he disposed of the body and that the trash was going to be taken on a certain day. But I guess the cops found it before the trash took the uh, container. But they they were telling him like, oh, do you think that the body is your your neighbor's? They didn't know that he had, you know, obviously yeah. they don't. And, but he just was like, oh my, you could just see the panic oh in his face God. in 4K. Well, probably not 4K, probably 1080. But it was he was caught. He was caught. He in that's hard to fake. That's yeah. I mean, when you see it genuinely like that. But like, yeah, William H. Macy. That's how I'm always impressed with acting, though, because when I'm impressed, I should say Mm -hmm. when it's something that's so hard to fake, because you can like fake being happy for a minute. You can fake being sad for a minute. (laughs) But when there's a complicated cocktail of like when you're trying to fake something, but feeling something else, Mm -hmm. that's hard. Yeah. Without being too heavy handed. That's hard in one direction. Yeah. You can't. It's it's such a tightrope because you. I mean, again, like, don't be suspicious, but it's uh-huh. like, it's sometimes it's hard. But it's yeah. also, you still have to have whatever the hell you're thinking read mm-hmm. to the audience. Exactly. Yeah. And then that's on top Which, of it. And this you is know. happening in the 30 second clip before mm-hmm. they say cut. <laughs> and then you drink your coffee yeah. and then you get back into the, like, whatever. So it's like, yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's hard so to good, like yeah. be in that moment because it's very artificial. Yeah. 
Also, like Steve Carell, I think would be good at that. Yeah, Actually, oh, yeah. he would be good in that part. I think maybe. Yeah, I don't want to recast. I'm very happy, recast. but if, very if we happy. ever had to do a reboot with a completely new cast, that's a great pick. Yeah, Steve Carell is kind of a master at. What's why Michael Scott works? Yeah, because you, you can, you can see, see on his face <laughs> alone that he, what that he doesn't believe what he's saying sometimes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my god, this was great. Yeah. This was. Uh, I'm happy I'm so two glad. in a row yeah. for, for me at least for yeah. not having seen. Uh, and I would argue that this is the funniest one me? that we've watched. I would too. I loved Edward Scissorhands. It's but not necessarily was... hilarious. I mean, yeah. there's funny moments, but yeah. like we both were chuckling the most. I think. Yeah. Out of all the movies we've seen together, and also like it's one of the goriest too, which I is know. funny too. I know. It's pretty. I mean, you know, Steve Buscemi's walking around with a shot up face. I know, know? right? Seriously, with like paper, like paper towels stuck to his. But it was random pieces of paper too. I think one of it. I think I clocked one of the papers. It was like a placemat from like a McDonald's. (laughs) No joke. And I was like, oh my god, dirty paper in a wound. Awesome. Wait, we forgot something. He buried the money. Oh my god. In snow. <laughs> I mean, it really didn't get underneath. To uh, He just put it in a mound of snow. Like, it, it was only like a foot of snow, too. It wasn't mm-hmm. like three feet of snow. Yeah. Um, Why did he? I mean, we can take guesses, but like that also went nowhere. Talk about like plot points that kind of exactly. don't really. Because I almost wondered if like when Francis McDermott was driving the other guy, yeah. If like she'd spot something from the road or if like in an epilogue that would like yeah. come out or something, but it didn't, but we were just roasting him the whole time. We're like, what the fuck is he doing? Like I know. in the, in, you know, what, whatever month that is mm-hmm. in the Midwest, there's no way you're going to be able to dig a hole. It's very enough. unlikely. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but also with that, I mean, that kind of just, it, it's one of those things where, <clears throat> It's a good red herring, I, I yeah. guess. Because, like, you know, there's yeah. always the theory of the Chekhov's gun. If you show it, then you have to use it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like about the Coen brothers. They kind of subvert that a lot. They really well, do. Yeah, because you're looking out for that and you don't even realize he's going to end up in a wood chipper. Well <laughs> yeah, done. Well exactly. played. I mean, yeah, obviously he was probably trying to keep it from his friends so he could have yeah. more of it. But Funny enough, I know this sounds weird, but this actually kind of structurally reminds me a little bit of breaking bad mm-hmm. have you seen that show no. you haven't seen. so like breaking bad's kind of there's elements mm-hmm. of of fargo in breaking bad and i do need to see the fargo show now yeah I, yeah that'll be fun but anyways yeah that was great I liked it. see but this is why i don't mind movies i can breathe because we're just saying that there's some red herrings and we were saying at least before we recorded that like some scenes breathed in a fun way going back to godfather before we wrap (laughs) this is the perfected model yeah to me this is one of the first films we've seen that like has dna with the godfather Mm -hmm. it's like i don't think bridget jones does (laughs) no no. (laughs) i don't think even edward scissorhands does but like indiana jones no you know but like this has This is a cousin, I think. Probably closest, yeah. And I think crime. it's just so yeah. much more well done. Where yeah. it's like, I, it I stand really by care. that. I stand by it. Yeah, it made you really care. I was so mm-hmm. emotionally. I mean, we were even talking about it when they first shot that uh, um, state trooper. Mm-hmm. 
and and like oh no they're gonna get caught and it's like oh uh, yeah but wait they should get they're caught. bad why they're are bad we rooting guys. for them I yeah know. <laughs> yeah and that's like that's kind of a testament and i think that's part of the thing that was missing for me mm-hmm. personally and from the godfather well yeah. same i didn't really yeah. care about any of the characters because we weren't yeah. the introductions were just i don't know i just there's a way to do it and, yeah. and i feel like that movie like we said in the uh episode kind of walked so others could run and i think this is our first example of that yeah yeah there's a way to let it breathe without it being boring in 500 hours i'm just putting it out there coppola i'm just saying (laughs) i know i still need to watch godfather too so maybe maybe it gets better but um i'm sure it does i mean like i I appreciate parts of the godfather still but yeah sitting through it was brutal in my opinion i'm never gonna watch it again yeah yeah i'm never gonna watch it no but this fargo oh yeah love it i would i would put it on i would actually recommend it to people and it's crazy that i i do feel it makes me a little sad that i haven't watched it until now to Mm -hmm. be honest this is one of the first ones where i think i'm like where i really should have watched it when it came out yeah yeah or Or, at least way earlier around yeah yeah I feel that way about this and Edward Scissorhands, and sure, yeah. Um, I'm I'm confused as to how I missed the Sandlot, but um, yeah, yeah. Besides that, I'm like, and I've liked some other ones, but this yeah. is gonna be up there for me too. Yeah, yeah. This is, yeah, probably I would say my favorite of the ones that I haven't seen yet. Maybe this is a solid second. I think yeah. I think I gotta put Edward Scissorhands first. Sure. Because it was just so my genre, too. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. camp meets mm-hmm. everything else about it. Um, Robert Smith goes into yeah, the, the, the B-52s. Which, land. by the way, I read that they made the whole uh, town so pastel to enhance that it was so new and foreign to Edward. Oh, yeah. So it was probably actually a normal suburb, but to him it was so colorful from being in the castle. Oh, wow. I've been going on deep dives about Edward. I'm obsessed. Wow, really? Like, yeah, I'm oh, like pretty God. obsessed. So uh, I've been like looking up every trivia i can which is weird because it's not something that takes up a lot of space on the internet mm-hmm. compared to yeah. like other fandoms or creepy weird yeah. s- kooky stuff Sadly. that might you know people might be into so i'm a little surprised by that but um i, I really like this one too yeah yeah so knock yeah. on wood ron a roll i know uh what do we have next groundhog day because it's gonna day. be okay. the the before groundhog day episode it's gonna I, technically yeah. be in january but uh february is uh or yeah. Groundhog's Day is February 2nd, so... Okay, okay, sure. I haven't yeah. seen it, so this is my third in a row, but then the rest of the month is pretty heavy with y- yeah. you not having seen, I think. That's very true. Uh, don't there. worry. If you hate Valentine's Day, we're going to make fun of a rom-com, and if you like Valentine's yeah. Day, there's going to be a rom-com that I can defend, at least. We'll see if Clark likes it, but yeah, we're cu- trying to give you a sampling and not shove this down your yeah. throats. And it's funny because... we're great like that. <laughs> oh, shoot. Do I not want to give this away about Groundhog's Day? Anyways, okay. it's a good movie. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to it. This is the third in a row where I'm not kicking yeah. and screaming, so it's kind of cool. nice. And yeah, we'll see you guys uh, for Next that. Week. That'll be so fun. And yeah. then we'll see you again and again and again for that, because isn't that what Groundhog's Day is? Oh, it's exactly, repeated. yeah. So we're just going to get stuck on that. Yeah, you could just play it on loop. On I'm from day. Pennsylvania, man. I Oh, that's right. I should <laughs> I should have seen this. Like That's really true. I My I, my third grade teacher was obsessed with Punxsutawney Phil. Yeah. Mrs. That's, Lewis, yeah. Yeah, Punk said, hey, you know what? I don't want to give too much away, but you might get a little cameo. Uh, well, nothing I'm not used to. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
But okay, yeah. Uh, please subscribe to us. Follow us on YouTube and TikTok. Let's finally watch it. I'm Lauren Blair Donovan at Blairosaurus Rex on all social media. Feel free to stalk me. And I'm Clark Nez, other Clarksy on the internet. And yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, yeah, we bid you adieu. Bye bye. Bye bye. Oh gosh. Okay, bye. <laughs>